before I was an Avenger. I made mistakes. And a lot of enemies. And we're back. Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One, co-host also Mike, in a moment, as we are talking you through this movie event review of the brand new Marvel Cinematic Universe entry, the 24th film in the MCU, Black Widow. Mike, Mike, and Oscar is giving you the review today, Michael. We just can't be with film Twitter on anything, can we? There's nothing. <laughs> like, we can't agree with them on a single effing thing. It's like Fast 9, they, they're all getting so serious about Fast 9. Oh, Fast 9 is awful, it's unwatchable. And we're like, it's it's great. We have this great guest with this great series, and yeah. we had so much dumb fun with it. Mm. And this movie's everybody's like, oh my god, it does this, it does that. And you're like, I want my money back. It's so true, I didn't even think of that. But yeah, but That's part of the, I mean, this felt like a Fast and Furious movie. And I guess if you go in with that, that's all stuff we're going to talk about. But yeah... Uh, Film Twitter and us, I don't think we've ever actually saw eye to eye on most things, so this will just continue that trend, to be honest with you. Uh, Where would you rank this in the Fast franchise? This was, <laughs> this would be definitely above, sorry Colby, this is above four, this is above five, which I have lower than most other people. This may be a better Fast and Furious movie than F9. <laughs> At least the, the, the kinship the you know the uh, brother sister thing is more realistic. That's very true, but it's you behind. <laughs> it's behind seven, and then eight is just so bad. It's so good. Mm, I did. I did love eight. I did love eight, but it's because it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But uh, oh boy! <laughs> so this is that's going to be the tenor for this review. Uh, if you've not joined us before for a movie event review or an Oscar profile, uh, there are two reviews for the price of one. If you've not yet seen Black Widow, if you haven't made it out to the theater or paid the twenty nine ninety nine on Disney Plus uh, for it. You're okay. You're going to be safe in the first half of this episode. It'll be all non-spoiler stuff. We'll talk about the potential box office. We're going to talk about uh, how we see the performances, uh, some script issues, etc., etc. Then we'll have a spoiler warning. Uh, the second half of this will be all spoiler-filled. So, Michael, like we said, Black Widow, the 24th film of the MCU. It's the second film of Marvel's Phase 4. And if you count the three MCU TV series, then Black Widow is going to be the fifth story of Phase 4 uh, behind WandaVision, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and... And Loki. And we had to almost remind ourselves, like, this is how terrible I am at marketing our old stuff. <laughs> like, we have 28, 29 episodes yeah. in our past doing an entire MCU rewatch covering every <laughs> single movie with not just one episode. Sometimes we break it into two episodes. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. MCU guys, and I have not done anything to promote our previous <laughs> stuff until now, after the want, want, want wet blanket opening. <laughs> What's well, wrong with me? So we have it in our in our archives. If you want to go back and, and click on some MCU stuff, um, that 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 announcement is a little delayed. As was this movie because this was supposed to come out May first last year, and COVID happened, and now its release date is July 9th, twenty twenty one, which is when we are recording this, Mike. It's being simultaneously released on Disney Plus for the thirty dollars and in theaters, and we were very happy. To hear the projections for it, Mike, it was mm-hmm. supposed to. It's supposed to get eighty to one hundred ten million this weekend. We don't quite know yet. We're recording this on Friday. We do know that Thursday was a thirteen point two million dollar gross. So that's a very strong pre-pandemic 
opening for Black yeah. Widow. That is less than Spider-Man Homecoming, but it's more than Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's more than Venom, for instance, which had 10 and $11.2 million openings. And all those films would wind up grossing between 76 and $117 million domestically, Michael, on their opening weekend. So this movie, which is well-received, 68 meta, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes on a gajillion reviews. Uh, mm-hmm. Audience scores are very high in the 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.4 on IMDb. This movie is being received well. It was a festive atmosphere last night and looks like it's going to make some money. Yeah, and that's the uh, the bottom line and the good news. If you've listened to our last couple Oscar race checkpoints, this was been tracking for 80 to 110, and Mike did the legwork there, and it's going to pretty much be expected to hit in that range, if not a little uh, above. So that's good news for domestic box offices. How is it going to lay out? How's the you know the day and date release, the simultaneous release? Is that just going to add to Disney's bottom line? Like obviously they hope. Uh, we'll see. I know we are going to talk about our watching experiences, and you were theater bound where I did pay the 2999. Uh, so. So we'll we'll talk about that as it comes up, but let's get into the plot premise for Black Widow and quite simply on IMDb, a film about Natasha Romanoff in her quests between the film Civil War and Infinity War. Boo. Why <laughs> why make us wait this long? I mean, give us a juicy story about this family. I thought thought I thought that's what we were getting, not just the in between stuff. I mean, I I like the in between stuff. I rewatched most of the MCU, Mike, to yes. get here. I did it along with the three Disney Plus shows, which I have enjoyed for the most part. And I thought I was gonna need to rewatch everything just for this film. You don't. <laughs> you don't need to at all. As Amanda Dobbins said on the big picture, Black Widow is kind of a no homework movie. All you need yeah. to know is that premise. You uh, might need to watch yeah. some Steven Seagal movies. You'd be better prepared for this That's than right. you would if you watched the whole MCU. Under Siege uh, <laughs> and this movie are a lot, are very similar in the marketing, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but all right. So what did you expect going in? So you have written down in your notes, you didn't expect a big, dumb action movie. I kind of did, you except did. I guess upon like reflection and thinking about it, I kind of more expected a spy thriller, like a Michael Bay spy thriller, because just based on the promotional materials, everything looked big and like it could blow up, literally, mm-hmm. which it mm-hmm. does do at points anyway. Um, so I was kind of expecting that, and yet still, with you expecting the antithesis of what I was expecting, I still think neither one of us got what we were expecting. Nobody got what they expected. No, <laughs> nobody knew what to expect. Nobody got what they expected. No, but seriously, Avengers Age of Ultron, I believe it was, when they flash back to her origin story. or mm-hmm. they, In a couple of the Avengers movie, they flash back to Natasha's origin story, and it looked like cut-ups from Jennifer Lawrence in Red Sparrow, right? Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. what we figured. Yeah. That's what I kind of figured we were going to get flashbacks to that, and that's not at all what we get in this movie. Uh, I figured we were going to get, like, you know, this teenage actress plays Natasha and Florence Pugh plays herself because she played her younger self, 13-year-old self, and Little Women. They just Mm -hmm. gave her a different hair. (laughs) (laughs) She's, you know, very short. She does an awesome job in this. We're going to get to Florence Pugh, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I did not expect gratuitous action, melodramatic flashbacks, mind-control devices, indestructible cars, you know, in a non-Fast and Furious movie, Mike. This is exactly this is this is a Fast and Furious entry more than yeah. it is an MCU entry. I expected Red Sparrow, but with uh, a Save the World MacGuffin at the end mm-hmm. somehow. You know, right, right. Say, I, I guess I, I guess I just expected more like tension and more suspense, but the explosions. I, I guess I at least was satiated on those. 
Uh, how so you did watch this in theaters? Was it full? Was, was our theaters back, baby? Hashtag Broadway is back. It's the most encouraging part of this whole review, I would say. And I'm not going to kill the movie. There's a lot I liked about it, and I think sure. I, I think we'll both land yeah. on a lot of positives too. I think we're just a little disappointed because we're snobs again. After and surprised, we, yeah. and surprised. I mean, this wasn't at all what we expected. It's not a typical MCU entry right. for sure, uh, as my brother told me uh, after we finished watching it together. But. <laughs> Honestly, I, I was most encouraged by the crowd going into the movie theater, in the theater, coming out of the movie theater. That was fun to see my local AMC buzzing again. It was awesome. something that I didn't really even experience for Fast 9 because I kind of went at a weird time on a Saturday uh, early. And this was cool. This was this was exciting to walk out uh, amongst 75 families and dads. Ye- the dads were grumpy. I don't know what was going on with all the oh, dads. Oh, really? Didn't want to hold the doors. Didn't want to. Like, angry at me for not having a whole mess of kids <laughs> myself, maybe. Just jealousy. Just pure, pure jealousy. Or maybe they're angry that they spent like $130 instead of $30 at home. As opposed know. to 30 bucks, and they also didn't have to watch the movie with their kids. <laughs> <laughs> they did that at home. But uh, So I did something very stupid mm-hmm. in that I was going to watch this on its opening debut like i was going to go to the 5 p.m showing uh not at an amc but at one of our local theaters but it was raining so hard and it was like we had all these flash flood warnings and stuff and i didn't want to have to worry about those on the highway with a dead phone anyway mm-hmm. so i actually let that ticket go by the wayside you let when it burn. i did i let it burn yeah it was a wise investment it's like every other investment I've, no it's, <laughs> it's when i when i bought the ticket though there was only like in a packed theater like six or seven available openings. You can obviously pick your seat beforehand in some of these uh, more higher tech theaters. So sure. that's, it was almost a full theater. Then I did pay the $30 for it this morning and watching it on Disney plus, I would like my $30 back. <laughs> <laughs> I like those fathers wish I had paid less. To and see this. if you can get your $40 back, they'd say that. Right. Now, I already pre-ordered. Yeah. I already pre-ordered it on Disney plus two. So we're both oh. double idiots. We're double wow. idiots Good for us. Good for us. Wow. We they are don't, this movie's like target I said, market. We, we don't ask them for screeners. We don't get them. And they'll never <laughs> give them to us now anyway because they know Why we'll they? double dip no matter what. But all right. We do got some script thoughts, overall composition. Again, non-spoiler here. The director of Black Widow, Mike, is Kate Shortland of Berlin Syndrome, which I think we both saw with Teresa Palmer a couple years back. We both liked it. It rings a bell, but I don't remember it off the top of my here head. Here I am no. again. Like We're a couple. and this, We're at... We're, <laughs> Reviewing restaurants. Ravioli? <laughs> reviewing restaurants at a picnic where mm-hmm. we're both around the ravioli. And we, lo- we loved it. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Screenwriters, Mike, are Eric mm-hmm. Pearson of Thor Ragnarok and Godzilla vs. Kong. So that explains a lot. Uh, yes. <laughs> Jack Schaefer, she also wrote WandaVision. And Ned Benson, uh, strangely enough, wrote the, like, three versions of the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby with... Oh. Uh, uh, Professor Xavier and Jessica Chastain in that movie. <laughs> Here you go. So it's it's got a pedigree to it, as all Marvel films these days do. Uh, I will say the script was my biggest issue. I don't know about yours. Oh, it's it it literally was. <laughs> like this is a batshit script. Was what you wrote to me yes. during the movie. It's like, am I missing ten things, or is this script completely batshit? And I could feel them in rewrites trying to pull it together. Like they had some 
you know, laughing away, joking away of some obvious objections, mm-hmm. but they almost made a mockery of that with some of those throwaway jokes with David Harbour in particular. I mean, some of it works, but like we, again, we got like 30 episodes on how Marvel has done this in the past. And it's not, it's nothing new. It's what Spielberg did. It's what, uh, you know, the, the Back to the Futures did back in the day, right. Star Wars, etc. The, the the MCU makes you believe, makes you suspend disbelief. And here we just got Fast and Furious silliness, which... Just you, take it as it comes, man. Again, just you know take, you're you getting... You have to take this as it comes, yeah. You know you're getting with Superdom, but I, I just wasn't expecting... Exactly. ...with, with, with this movie. We're on, we're on the same page there. And I do think this script does a couple things, like, really well. It just leans away from them. Like, I thought the the action and this has more to do with how it was shot but the action the choreography and the fighting and like i thought that was really good i expect Mm. that from a marvel movie and i got it i thought the comedy florence Pugh is fucking hilarious in this whole thing i i I mean she had a couple laugh out loud moments for me i thought the comedy was worlds better than i could have expected i didn't really expect it to strike that kind of comedic tone but they lean the script leans in so heavy to the melodrama having to do with the family and what is family and i understand why but I, I think it did so at a detriment to what it was actually working for in other places. And it kind of slowed down and screwed up the pacing of the film. The story makes no sense. The antagonism. Yeah, well, the, there's that, too. The whole arc is nonsensical. Yeah, the bad guys really make no sense. And that's <laughs> going to be an issue that I have with a lot of MCU movies. But it's like a cutesy issue, right? Like, I mean, if these bad guys were there all along, then... You know, we would have fought them before Loki, right? I mean, right. again, I get it. It's kind of a comic book thing. It's a it's a prosperity problem for the MCU where they're like, okay, Doctor Strange and and Tilda Swinton, they've been guarding the they've right. been guarding the time stone at the you know the time <laughs> like, fort. In the MCU, it feels like it's there's a suspension of disbelief. Whereas mm-hmm. I think like this movie with the antagonism, it felt like there was like a hand waving. Like just, 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 just take it. Just it is what it is. Come get what you came for, and 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 if you're looking for big action movie goods, you you do get those. But mm-hmm. I, I just wish the plot didn't try to double cross itself so many times. Like there's just asinine things that happen in this, and there's so many Deus Ex Machinas, and that's not what. Black Widow deserves, in my opinion. I, I thought she was an underutilized character throughout the series, Agreed. right? And and I was at least hoping for let's give her more substance, and they di- and they do give her some gravitas as the series moves along, and uh, you get more female writers involved, etc. But you know, they make fun of the, some of the stuff where she was underutilizing, or underutilized, and where she's a poser, and that's funny in here. Mm-hmm. And that's like my takeaway: like we don't. If you put a big dumb action movie around her origin story, or around what really is Florence Pugh, Yelena's <laughs> origin story, <laughs> that's not a proper tribute uh, to Natasha Romanoff, in my opinion, Mike. If this movie were one giant game of Uno, it would have been like <laughs> an hour of somewhat regular, yet still some surprising plays, and then nobody has anything but a reverse card for the last hour plus of it it's just reverse on reverse on reverse on reverse until everyone just gives up no sudden move steven soderbergh black <laughs> widow yeah no they're similar movies i did not expect to say that today either like i did not expect black widow to be a companion piece to f9 and no no me move. either me either at all <laughs> so let's talk about some positives though because the performances and the production values were pretty great for any yeah. movie and that's yeah. 
a, yeah, I mean, that's a testament to these actors. I mean, I don't know if, do you want to do this segment in a Russian accent? <laughs> in an offensive one? No? Uh, I'm going to pass. <laughs> it's going to sound very soon like the Count from Sesame Street. It's already getting there. I could say a one, a two. Like, so this is her eighth film as Natasha Romanoff. And I, and I love how Scarlett Johansson acts in these movies as opposed to other movies. Like she's got that smiley way about her, which mm-hmm. is totally different than the badass, crazy person she is. Murderer she is. <laughs> Steve. By the way, Steve Rogers, super soldier, is a ruthless killer, a vicious murderer. <laughs> As a soldier, and oh, don't worry, everybody oh, in this movie is a mass murderer. And before I'm talk the about Rock, the before the Rock entered a Fast and Furious movie, we were killing people left and right. There is an extinction films. level event that happens in this movie that would wipe out multiple countries, and it's just not paid any attention. To. That's right, <laughs> and is my favorite part. Um, we have. Uh, Scarlet being an awesome action movie star, though. So her and her stunt people, who are the heroes of the middle of this film, probably the end, but like the stunt work in the middle set pieces is some of the best I've ever seen, period, full stop. Like this army of women stunt people, my God. The action is top tier, whether you're talking about the stunts. I would say the cinematography as well in there, and some of the directing gets credit too, sure. Uh, this, This is... I almost wonder if it's a detriment at this point because we take it so for granted when it's a Marvel film, but we really shouldn't, as as you're saying. It's top-tier stuff. I mean, this is top-of-the-line, best-of-the-best action stuff when you're talking about the stunt, the fight choreography, how it looks, the effects that are given to it. I I don't think you could have asked for something that looked prettier or looked more in line with what we come to expect from Marvel. And it rocks, too. Like, the Mm -hmm. the action scenes in the middle of this movie are awesome. Like, Winter Soldier-level badass going but that's on what here. i wish i wish they had like I, just get me those if you're, right. <laughs> if you're if the story's gonna be what the story's gonna be put in two more big action set pieces yeah because those are working those don't, are firing on all cylinders don't start and end the movie with nonsense right and cartoon, exactly. with nostalgia and then cartoons like mm-hmm. don't what are we doing it makes mm-hmm. those all right but let, let's get back to the positives florence Pugh as yelena belova mike one of my favorite characters of the year so far. Yes, agree. Really funny, as you mentioned. Now I, I see why Eric Weber put her, put David Harbour on his big boards, his Oscar big boards there uh, at uh, awardsace.com, by the way. Go visit. I, I can see why. I mean, she has some legit Oscar-level performance work in the middle of this movie. It's why I'm so high on her because of her her capabilities of late. I mean, don't worry, darling. She's my pick for best actress before the year really even started in our hundred percent mm-hmm. accurate pr- predictions. So I- I'm feeling good about that pick at the very least. She's awesome in this. She can handle it as an action movie star and those dramatic scenes in the middle of the movie for her, just absolutely it's stuff you don't usually see in, in, in big action movies like this, which sets it apart from other movies, let's just say. Minus the Charlize Theron uh, doing some <laughs> stare downs with uh, right, of course. Dom there. <laughs> of course. Uh, no, Florence Pugh was my favorite character as well. She was great. I have no qualms whatsoever. I mean, I don't expect anything from this to have Oscar's legs, but if you want to try to pitch me that Florence Pugh deserves to be at least be in the conversation for supporting actress right now, even if she does get there at the end of the day because of this, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I love that character i'm gonna add her to my list right now too yeah knock her off get her off the uh the get her out of the five right there right now she's probably in i don't know we'll see but uh she's very good the problem is good for good for her and david harbour for for having to carry those accents i mean they you know they lost them at times but 
they were cartoonishly Russian, so that you have to lose them for sanity's sake, I would mm-hmm. think. But yeah, I, I, good for them both. In my head and perhaps my car, I did this podcast already in a Russian accent, and it is a lot of fun. <laughs> it is a good. lot of fun. Uh, so props to Can't David Can confirm, Hart. yeah. Right. Um, you know, Ray Winstone as uh, Harney Weinstoff. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's... <laughs> a bit much, a little on the nose. Yeah, I mean, good job by him, I guess. He's disgusting and terrible, and he's a good villain, I guess. I mean, I guess we should put every villain in that uh, shape and, you know, guys going forward. But yeah, yeah. To, to, to quickly get out of that downer, uh, <laughs> look, the stunt people again, the, the visuals, the VFX, they're really strong, even for the wackadoo finale yeah. that we saw in the trailers, uh, the fight scenes all in master shots. Yeah, there's a lot to like. There's a, there's, there's a lot to like about this. Uh, I, I, again, we talk about expectations all the time. I, I don't even know if it's, you got to treat this like a fast movie more than a Marvel movie. I right. don't know that you get a whole lot added to any kind of Marvel canon or MCU canon with this one anyway. Uh, but if you don't go in looking for a great story, I think you'll be okay. You'll be pleasantly surprised. I still gave it a, a high enough grade. Hmm. Like I, I'm not, I'm not in the seas with it, so it's still something watchable and passable. And for two hours and fifteen minutes, believe us, you could do a lot worse. It's probably a good sibling movie. I, I, I enjoyed yeah. it with yeah, sure, my brother, and I think uh, I think sisters should enjoy it, and yeah. you know, families could laugh at, laugh with it. Uh, so yeah, sure. that, that that's something else for it. But you're right; I don't think this is uh, top tier MCU, and that's unfortunate because I do think they had. You know they had they had uh, some story to tell for Natasha that yeah. should have been better than this, unfortunately. Yeah, I I agree. I mean it's it's still a watch. Would you spend? I mean, how would you how would you prefer to see it? Would you spend the thirty? Would you spend the day at the movie theater? How would you pitch it? It's hard to say because I I, I rewatched it with the thirty and I enjoyed aspects of it so much more. Like my first watch, I was just angry <laughs> texting you afterwards like that's a mess mm-hmm. um and then i i rewatched it today and i enjoyed it more i kind of relaxed with it and i had more fun with it so that, that and i was at home obviously so yeah i don't know i i can't tell you how to so watch once it again home. yeah we blame film twitter for setting expectations mm-hmm. and uh we then disagree with them so i i think we want to <laughs> push theaters though right now so maybe yes. go and, and and definitely see it in theaters for certain disney has enough money to get all of it at home so <laughs> you know go to go to the movie theater and give them half and then buy a nine dollar popcorn please Yes, uh, agree with all of that, especially the popcorn, caramel corn, if they haven't. Uh, that's the non-spoiler review for Black Widow. There is so much more to come after this spoiler warning, and we're going to get into what the hell this movie has in store. Spoilers ahead! Okay, you got a plan, or shall I just stay duck and cover? My plan was to drive us away. Well, your plan sucks. This is a spoiler warning. This is the spoiler section of the new Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, Black Widow, uh, which is available now both on demand through Disney Plus uh, for a $29.99 upcharge, or you can go out to, you know, a movie theater and see it for yourself because those things are open uh, right now, as so many others have. This is our review, the movie event review brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. If you've not seen the movie yet, this is a good place for you to hit pause on this episode and go check it out. Otherwise, it's all spoilers all the time from here on out. The review of Black Widow. Widow, Michael, take it away. I would have preferred the opening as its own movie. 
<laughs> I know I know it's an Emmy winning TV series and FX is the Americans and Disney. They- yeah, they even made Rachel Weisz up to look more like Carrie Russell. I'm convinced exactly like Carrie Russell. And the credits, Mike, the credits are the credits for the Americans. Just change the music <laughs> from you know unique television uh, show anthem to what we got here, which was just that reprisal of "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Again, Disney just flexing. Look at what we can buy and destroy. That, listen, that edition of smells like teen spirit that may be the low point of the mcu for me that was so bad it was was whiny nails on a chalkboard bad oh i just i mean it makes no sense because saint vincent did the rock and roll (laughs) hall of fame you know uh yes oh my god the redux with with the just have her do it what are you doing i'm so mad like that was was that song meant a lot to me growing up and yeah of course they killed it Bad choice of songs, bad performance. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Bad, bad. Just to Northern show, just bad. yeah, just to show fake Ray Winstone photos over like <laughs> every historical event of the last twenty years. But that's what they were going for. Like this was James Bond meets Fast and Furious, except it happens to take place in Marvel. Right, and it, and it's unfortunate because they rushed that opening, which was actually really harrowing stuff, and it was beautifully shot. Like she knows. Kate Shortland knows how to how to do these indie films in rural America and rural. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's awesome at that. Somersault, she's awesome at that, and, and it's a really beautiful, gorgeous sequence that actually makes a lot of good sense. It's really well acted. I was very impressed with young Natasha, who get this is the daughter of Mila Jovovich and W. S. Anderson. I thought that was her. Yeah, Resident Evil. Uh, the, the you know the. Resident 17 Resident Evil movies and and this girl Ever Anderson that's her name Ever Anderson she's going to be a star she really yeah, emotes she she's she can hand, I mean it was a showcase for her she did the action movie stuff and I, I I'll give them credit where credit is due like if you're going to create a sequence to have a little kid be the hero of that was a really smart way to do it it's yeah. just ruined by the music and ruined by how accelerated it was yeah, I completely agree on all on all counts, and my God, is she a spitting image of her mother already? Um, as far as accelerated and the pacing, I think that goes even through the opening credits too, because yeah. a lot of times on this show, I'll praise a movie when they have so much established in such a little time frame. Like here are the main players, here are their motivations, here's the type of character you can expect them to be, here's the introduction of the main arc, and I felt like this movie was the opposite of all that, yeah. but in a weird way because we get. The first 22 minutes or so I felt like was just take this, take this, take this. Let's get the first look at Taskmaster, Taskmaster, which I'm not Mm going to say correctly throughout this whole episode. Let's get the first look at Taskmaster out there and then just just we'll go back to everything in a minute. It like it felt rushed. But at the same time, I felt like I was lacking information as to what the hell was going on to keep up with it. It's melodrama. It's just melodramatic uh, and and, and by the definition, and that's unfortunate because they had the goods. They had the goods if they let mm-hmm. it play out. Like they gotta attach like the nonsense Cloud City sequence at the end for some <laughs> reason, and they can't let the good drama play out. So whoever wrote the opening stuff, whoever wrote, uh, uh, you know, some of the Natasha on the Run sequences, mm-hmm. yeah. It's there. Like I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being in Norway with that gorgeous nature cinematography. The the fight on the bridge was cool as hell. I yep. loved it. Yeah. I I loved Florence Pugh, you know, doing the 
female assassin thing out there and okay you got a MacGuffin antidote fine you got mind control fine I didn't expect mind control here but all right you got it I thought Hydra was in charge but no okay it's Harvey Weinstone I got it I get it fine I'll buy into all of it but what I can't abide is you rushing through all this all the cool shit yeah (laughs) rushing through it and also being so over the top Marvel has had times where they haven't like they've at least accounted for the the next objection that's coming up and right. this one like how many civilian deaths are in this movie <laughs> <laughs> lots there's literally thousands of deaths that must happen in yep. order for this to take place and it's just the, the surrounding area is not given any credence or gravitas or seriousness or anything it's just here's your sandbox these are the only players you have to worry about is these main characters Mm -hmm. and that's it if you thought dom's magnets wreaked (laughs) havoc through eastern europe just you wait but yeah you're right i think uh i I think stuff like that is typical bond movie stuff it's Mm typical i mean you get the moonraker shout out here there's blatant miss mission impossible ripoffs yes. Yes, like i said the fx the american stuff and it's just like flavors of this and of that and, that, and that, again natasha's unique enough where you could have just gone full comic book or you could have you could have found just a cool uh, aesthetic just to go with with her and I, I just feel like there's all these mini movies in this that make no sense and then to tie them together like the end of the cool escape from suburbia sequence mm-hmm. ends with them just for some reason giving these two girls who they've cared for and loved said said them giving them to like this sex this trafficking uh, you know female assassins you know nightmare Trainer, yeah that they this, came from that they know full well what it is right uh, there's decisions made by these characters in the beginning and the end that are just nonsense <laughs> so Let's let's skip to the very end then, yeah. Because we have the finale in Cloud City, Mike, and again, a lot of cool <laughs> stuff. But there's just so many Deus Ex Machinas, which is Hand of God. Just basically, you're lucky as all hell, and that's not Natasha. She's not just lucky. She has to be so tactful on the ground because she's not a freaking superhero, right? She's a super spy. She's all about precision, right. and here she is. Freaking fighting a, a submarine under the ice in the Arctic, you know, uh, it makes no sense why <laughs> why you're giving her a Dom Toretto sequence. Like she's falling from the thing and still fighting the bad guys who are just falling to their deaths, but they're still like GI right. Joes shooting at her. Well, well, Cloud City comes apart, and when it comes apart, all that debris is going to land somewhere. And that, I mean, there's this is an extinction level event, like I said in the non-spoiler section for for multiple countries because that city was so big and it got so far up and all those pieces are coming down that said i thought it was shot really cool i like the innovation behind it i mean it's ridiculous sure but how do we get to that point what what the hell was the main goal of this family like we're we're led to believe as soon as we meet drakeoff the whole thing comes off the rails we're led to believe that (laughs) 15 minutes in Immediately, <laughs> we're we're on a crazy train. <laughs> Wait, we're re- Rachel Weiss is supposed to have turned on her family and been working with Taskmaster and poor Drakeoff this entire time. Except Drakeoff is aware that it's not actually Rachel Weiss. He can see that it's Natasha, and Natasha and Rachel Weiss will have switched places. But if that's the truth, 
he would have known <laughs> Rachel Rice was never on his side. <laughs> I know. It's like two witches visiting each other. I knew you were coming. Oh, did yeah. you know? I knew you knew I was coming. <laughs> How did we get here? Why did this happen? If The only way this could have happened is if both sides said, this is the plan, yeah. and I just act surprised at some point. No, it's it, the, their plans were terrible from the beginning, and they it was kind of a funny shtick going on between Florence Pugh and Scarlet because they're like, "You have a terrible plan. This your plan was just to <laughs> blow shit up, or you know, the whole movie." And they're laughing and joking about that, and that's what happens in the end, uh, basically. Oh, so, so it was irony. You're saying? They're, no, they're. T- I I think they knew they had a poppycock ending, yeah. just nonsense. I and, hope so. <laughs> and then they were trying to, you know, segue it, I guess, earlier. But, yeah, I mean, she's literally slamming her face on the table Mike, because Mike. there are pheromone locks. <laughs> okay. Breaking you have her the, face. Drakeoff is, is Jesus Christ, okay? He can do anything he wants because he has this unseeable aura of invincibility around him. And it's driven by, like, mind control aspects that he puts into the brains of his super soldiers Though that can be disrupted and turned off if a soldier hits his head? Like, is war a non-combat sport all of a sudden? What's going to happen anytime these people are training and their heads collide by accident? They're all going to come to and wake up and take over the place from the inside. Who what needs the hell the... are we doing? Yeah, there's multiple layers of nonsense, though, because there's the... <laughs> <laughs> there's the mind control, and then there's the pheromone lock, just in case. Oh, those gets... aren't even the same thing. I was yeah. so chat tapped out by the time this stuff happened. I, was I like, know what is going on. I was chasing it. But the biggest load of shit was when she admitted to killing the little girl to kill the big boss. Right in the flashback, <laughs> yes. she and you know Hawkeye remember Budapest very differently. Right, <laughs> that was the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because she was like murdered a child there, but no, she didn't really murder a child. She only tried to murder a child. <laughs> she didn't really do it, right? So the character assassination is it's she's attempted not dead. Child murder, just not successful. T- right, child just attempted murder. child murder. We, you know how we all treat those people differently. <laughs> what in God's name are they thinking? What are they thinking? It's the dumbest sequence of events i've ever like they retconned character assassination only to have them team up in the end it is jason statham murders han for no reason level dumb (laughs) this is a spy story on steroids this is like the wwe writing a spy angle is all this was (laughs) yeah I, i it's unfortunate because you get some great cinematography. The VFX, the Florence Pugh sequence of the finale is like again they're giving her the origin story. Like this is a this black... is her movie. She yeah. should be the lead. I mean, she's you know she gets the post credit scene too. This is all about where she came from. It's about her coming to grips with the family not being a real thing. She's the main character. She's gonna either be the Dark Avengers Black Widow basically, right. or she's going to be the next Black Widow probably. Probably both of those things. Right. And she got the origin story here because she's got the funny lines this is not the cool way to die after <laughs> after saying earlier that would be a cool way to die i love that and then yeah, she, she got me too yeah and then yeah she chooses to kill the big boss sacrificing herself 
which was awesome. And then her sister saves her, which, okay, is just nonsense how she does it, but fine, <laughs> cool. I mean, all that stuff is great. I love the stuff with David Harbour in there. He keeps giving the big speech and nobody's listening to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he has a cool fight with uh, basically someone who's mimicked Captain America, which has to be Steve Rogers had to have gone back in time and fought the Red Guardian, obviously, because he went yeah. back, at, you know, so that has to be where he has to be telling the truth. Everybody's con- basically believing that he's full of shit. I don't think he is. I think he's he's telling the truth there. I I, I agree with you that mm-hmm. that seems like that would be the case here. And that seems like am a I very stretching? Am I stretching for things that I want to like? Uh, yeah, I think I think this is look plot based and script based. This thing lost me multiple times. I didn't get bored, but I had no fucking idea what was happening. <laughs> so yeah, that's the thing. Like beginning and end are just really, really dumb the way the way they they set it up. But the middle's kind of fun, and I do got a couple of uh, uh, best scenes throughout the middle, yeah, Mike, uh, do you, if we want to head into best scenes for a minute. I love that Natasha's watching Moonraker, which is about the level <laughs> <Yep>. of <laughs> this yep. movie. I, I love that Tom Cruise and Elon Musk are making a documentary remake of Moonraker next year. Um, I love the Budapest fight scenes, like I said. So many people must have died, but it was the best part. I agree. I, every fight scene lo- was awesome. It was so cool. I That's where I got to this. I kind of gave up on the plot, and I was like, well, I'll just strap in and just wait for the next big fight scene. <laughs> I'll just enjoy Yelena making fun of Natasha's posing yes, on the way hilarious. to the next best fight scene. Like That's hilarious. That's really fun. It's funny to watch them talk about her vest. <laughs> it's funny to talk... <laughs> It's funny to watch Alexei breaking the arm of the, you know, in the arm wrestling in prison, even though it's And that's gross. that's part of the reason I'm okay if you want to talk about Florence Pugh having any kind of, like, awards gravity. And, I, I mean, ScarJo gets credit for this, too. Like, you do have two master actresses there, two master thespians who know how to, like, give their all and emotionally manipulate the audience. They did a good job of being relatable, quote-unquote, sisters and having that familial, you know... I, I'm not, you stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself, I'm not touching you moments that like made you believe they were actually siblings. I thought they did a great job there. And that's why the plot is so stupid, right? Because they are only <laughs> together for three years. So they, right. uh, are right. you kidding me? It's just like, like if it was six years, if it was the Americans and it was like their kids, their, their whole childhoods, and then it makes more sense. It does, like if she was a teenager and brought back, and uh, like, why did, like, why do they write themselves into these nonsense corners? Because everything at Rachel Vice's house was mm-hmm. really well done. Even yeah. the scene that I hated, but it, it's it, I mean, the, the most suspense of this film, the best suspense scene in the movie is her stopping that pig from breathing. I mean, I got so mad, like my so blood I. was up. I w- and I, it's deliberate, because, but it's also smart because they're trying to get you to think that Rachel yes. Vice is yes. heel turning there again, double crossing. She's a quadruple agent. Fine, she's good in the end, whatever. But like that got me really mad. But then I, the whole sequence worked. The one dramatic scene after another, and then the comedy scenes there. I mean, you got fat, but still good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this movie, this movie is hilarious. Like there are several laugh out loud moments. And I just, instead of doing a spy movie at all, just stick with comedy, make it an action comedy, you know, be 21 jump street. Yeah. I just want to hang out with right. these characters. I just to it want to hang out with david harbour and florence Pugh singing don mcclain i just I hated that scene well i, I hated that was so cringy 
But I hated the original, but then I loved the acting in it. That's the thing. Like the like David Harbour has a twinkle in his eye. It's tear. <laughs> he's tearing up. It's brilliant. It's you know, uh, Stranger Things type, uh, lovely surrogate father stuff. Yes, and I'm all yeah, about it. And if Florence Pugh's acting the hell out of that dinner table scene, it's I mean, it's not Tony Collette, but she's she's going off. I loved right. it. Right, I'm with you. I'm with you. So just turn this into. I I don't understand how you can have something as big as I know. You know, I'm not trying to disparage anyone, but the levels and 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 checks that a, a Disney script must go through before it gets final. And you don't have anyone along the ways being like, huh? you know, is this movie maybe too funny to be a spy thriller, or is yeah. it not funny enough to be a, a spy purely spy movie or an action movie? I I, I don't know how you get that. Or don't have those checks or questions. Unfortunately, it's a composition issue, and yeah. you can't necessarily blame the director uh, because I don't think you can blame anybody when it's something this big. When it's right. like the MCU movie, it's it's uh, you know any one writer or one director is kind of a cog in the wheel here. There's that just the mouse behind the curtain, right? You can so to finally segue into worse. I want to talk about the epilogue and the stinger scene because it was great and it was terrible. Uh, the, so uh, you're good. I take take the wheel here because I don't. I, I'll, I'll explain what happened, but I don't really understand the impact of it. And that's Florence Pugh is at Natasha's gravesite, mm-hmm. uh, and Julie Veep shows up. Julia Louis Dreyfus with purple hair shows up and gives gives Yelena her new objective, which is she can get the man who killed Natasha, and shows her this big picture of Hawkeye. So hit the 30 seconds ahead button on your iTunes if you don't want this spoiler from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay. It's just from a stinger scene. But, okay, Veep is going to be a Allegra Fontaine character who is basically this Nick Fury that assembles the Dark Avengers or assembles... Uh, okay. You know, the so she already um, has... You know, surfer boy Captain America, fake Captain America as part of her team. <laughs> and now she's got Florence Pugh on the team as well. Is somebody else on the team? Like, again, we could you could speculate. I'm just imagining the intros as if those are their actual names. Being like the Dark Avengers with surfer boy Captain America. <laughs> Florence Pugh. Ryan L. Terry as Captain America. Ryan, first thing we saw him. Kurt Russell's son. He looked, they, they look alike. And yeah, we were like, I was like... That's great that Ryan's still getting work <laughs> during the pandemic when I saw that still. But Wyatt Russell, Wyatt Russell. Anyway, yes. Ryan L. Terry, Captain America, and uh, I guess you had to do two thirty seconds ahead. Damn it. <laughs> Just keep hitting 30 seconds. <laughs> Which you should probably do for most of our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, okay, that, I'll put a warning in the, 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 sport, the show notes. Yes. Okay, so the epilogue... And the stinger scene are basically going towards the TV series ahead, I would guess, which is cool. I mean, Jason Statham didn't show up, so I'm not hitting the panic (laughs) button just yet. But, like, how did the Red Room not fall on their heads at the very end? Because we're getting into worse now. Like, it's the most absurd thing in the universe. Everything was falling straight down. That's how gravity works. Yeah. Everything's falling straight down, including them, and somehow that thing doesn't fall right on their heads for the last fight. Wouldn't that have been funny? Just, <laughs> and she I was, just crawls I, out I of the rubble. That's, 
I thought that's what they were going to do. I thought that big last fight between Taskmaster and Natasha was going to be them jumping off of falling debris and doing samurai, you know, doing flips and shit like that. I thought that's where this is going. But no, once they hit the ground completely safely without a parachute, apparently. Well, the parachute at the very end, they made right. a point to show it. Yeah, right. Fine. Both of them would have shattered legs if they landed like that. But that's yeah, fine. That's, that's It's a comic book movie. Not they, how terminal velocity works. Just <laughs> ask, ask Tom Cruise. So they land and nothing's land, nothing's raining around them. Like this, this city in the sky. What was the other one that had this? Was it Ultron? I don't remember. Yeah, it was. It was the Avengers: Age of Ultron, which is if, still a kind of cool movie. That's the right. worst part of it. Yeah, but it's as if that city was also, I don't know, three hundred stories tall. Right, and you had you, that raining down on you. You still had flying gods, jumping flying hulks, and flying Iron Men to to mitigate <laughs> to that hold whole it situation. Up. Right, right. right. That, I, this this Cloud City was a massive thing falling from a massive height, and it would have wiped out life in multiple countries. We know this, and yet, and and somehow it was powered by the steamboat engine of Jungle Cruise. <laughs> what are we? The doing? crossover event Disney's been waiting for. <laughs> But okay, lightning bugs, gorgeous, <laughs> yay! Um, all right, uh, so yeah, they visited her grave too, by the way. And uh, how did they get her body there from Vormir? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> no, of course. <laughs> and then I think of I think you should leave the skit there. I just I'm <laughs> never going to get away from that. Great. Uh, by the way, if you've watched, I think you should leave. And that what was it? Cough, cough and flopping. Co- cough and flops. Yeah. <laughs> Cord how, how about- TV. I needed a hit on Cord Cop TV. <laughs> I didn't rig it. Right, this is getting Don't ridiculous. You dare, sir. This is about the tenor that this movie deserves. No. I, how, did you like the exposition dumps? Like where they knew the plot wasn't making sense to anyone, so they just had these characters break into these long winded explanations for no reason. Weinstein over there had mm-hmm. no reason to discuss the widow plan to Natasha. Oh, mono, the monologuing at the end. I mean, just so James Bond. Yeah, I mean, she's thank you for your cooperation. I get she's trying to do that on rewatch. Just come on. I mean, they, they had to retroactively explain it from Rachel Weiss. Again, they had like 30 seconds in the gun room to come up with this whole master plan that was really, mm-hmm. really dumb. That involved the highest of high tech, the Mission Impossible 2 type masks. What did... So what did what did Drakeoff think was happening? Can you explain that to me? What did Drakeoff think was happening? Drakeoff wanted to capture Black Widow to use her, right, as his and, and he thought her her foster mother was on his side. Yes, but he even <laughs> if he even if once she turned against him, she sent here he sent his daughter <laughs> the Somehow alive after an explosion, <laughs> daughter, and he was not in there uh, in that room. Apparently, just absurd. Um, and that's another thing. Like they could have bombed him. Oh god, <laughs> he could have exploded at any moment, and she could have mm-hmm. confirmed the kill at any time. Just, <laughs> or that's the CIA point. if they did that's their job at all. Well, that place is rubble. Let's just walk away now. <laughs> Yeah. Every dumb action movie, it's the same problem. Mm-hmm. Just assuming that you got him. <laughs> assuming you made the kill. Not confirming your kill. Uh, how about the fact that she is a global celebrity? 
<laughs> in the most high-profile battle between gods that has ever existed on this planet. And currently, she is the most wanted fugitive <laughs> on this planet, on every newscast in the world. But she's walking in and out of bodegas, having <laughs> repartee with her sister, despite the fact that she still has her red hair. She still has all her normal getup. That's true. Putting zero effort into blending in. <laughs> Two movie star good-looking people walk into your bodega in Morocco. Or are they still in Budapest? I think they're still in Budapest. And the guy's just looking down at his phone, not even looking at them. Are you kidding me? Some continuity issues, I would agree. But that's the thing. Like, everything in Budapest was just just nonsense that, that's unfortunate like natasha falling off the falling chimney which is a terrible way to save yourself into the window <laughs> it's like again dom toretto level calculations yeah. in the moment there from florence Pugh. but you have natasha falls down a fire escape hits her ribs hits her legs like sh- she's just a normal person she would have she would have been broken up like an accordion this was another instance, like, and this is why I think it was like Fast Nine. Not only this is a billion deaths, but physics and pain don't exist in this world, in this movie. And we've seen them exist in other MCU movies. But the David Harbor is mm-hmm. in a plane, not strapped down to anything. the The front of the plane gets shot out or broken, and there's no vacuum whatsoever. He would have been sucked out like a Hoover. Even if he's a super soldier, he's sucked out. I guess right. he's, gra- he's grabbing things on the side. Yeah, so how does she land that, land that plane? How does anybody <laughs> with a parachute not get hit by all the falling debris? I don't, that I don't understand. I don't. A pebble could ruin your, your parachute. And I liked it. Like, I thought it was innovative having the fight on this falling debris. But, you know, if you're going to involve the debris so heavily, <laughs> it doesn't just go away, man. <laughs> The lucky, yeah, they're the lucky. It was the luckiest finale. All the, it was all a day ex, ex machina. It makes no sense. Um, all right, we talked about Drakov's daughter just being the worst part of the movie because they get to. I mean, again, you know, Olga there's no Korea, continuity. There's absolutely no logic or continuity in the script. Right, and then the fact that he's in a gulag, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess he's broken out a few times. But why is he in the mass population? Like we've seen, we've seen the MCU baddies. You know, they're just like in glass. They're like Charlize Theron in F nine. Where do they poop? I don't know. But fine. <laughs> there's there, just, it, yeah. there's no constitution to any of these buildings either. Whether in Fast and the Furious or Black Widow, buildings come down just by one man deciding he needs to take a building down. Yeah, if there's a prisoner. Who just wants to end it all in the gulag, and he yells, and the avalanche would just right. run the whole prison. Right. Like, right. every day, that could be an right. occurrence. Don't let the prisoners outside. But okay, this is supposed to be the gulag at the end of the world that nobody can escape from, even though he's a super soldier, by the way, who the only other famous super soldier we all know was frozen in ice for 75 years and still survived. So he can't right. just, I mean, he could break through everything there. We've seen it him. took him ten minutes on his first attempt to break out of there. Right, but he's allowing them to be to, to have him a prisoner. But then That's he the also knows where Rachel Vice lives, and he know he has a suit there, and they they obviously have been hanging out. M- makes no sense. Why I still? Why does Drakov think Rachel Vice is working for him? Because she's messaging him on her iPad. <laughs> 
check out my new Spotify playlist. <laughs> They're in touch virtually. They FaceTime. Which is how he knows it's not her. It's, it's just all songs that have innuendos about her turning on, like, to everything, turn, turn, turn. Uh, so that's Black Widow. Uh, Mike, what'd you, what'd you give a grade? What'd you grade it? So I originally saw it, and I was like, wow, all this stuff aggravated me. And I was like, eh, C-. Yeah. But then I was like, all this stuff was really good, though. So I was like, all right, fine, C. I'll level out as a C. I rewatched it, and I love the stunts even more. Mm-hmm. I love the cinematography, VFX even more. And I do love these characters. So I would be disingenuous if I wasn't still a thumbs, you know, tepidly up. And, and I, so I have to give it a C plus at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I still went low B. I, I mean, eighty three, I think, is what I landed on it. It's I, I went, I, I readjusted. I enjoyed it more than a than my watch of A Quiet Place two overall. I think huh. so. You I did. went eighty three. A Quiet Place two, I gave an eighty two too. I, the highlights are there. I mean, you got great Marvel action. It's going to keep your interest. It, it's nonsense, but at least it's fun nonsense. But I think if you go in treating this like a Fast and Furious movie, like we've been saying this entire review. Right. Don't expect to get anything from the MCU out of this, I would say. I mean, other than the Stinger scene, I don't think this does anything to your MCU watch. This is kind of, like you said at the top here, more of a standalone thing. And if it's you a, treat it like that, I think that you, you're going to be okay with it. So I was an 83 low B. Yeah, it's a Florence Pugh movie. So if she has a role to play going forward, we'll go back to this movie as introducing her and yeah. And that's unfortunate because you really need to, I mean, we're in spoilers now, you need to say a proper goodbye to Natasha yeah. Romanoff. That was the yeah. whole point. And yeah, missed opportunity for sure. Like the, there's no, like, the, the freaking Ross stuff. I forgot to mention the Ross stuff. He's coming with a you know cavalcade of cars and Jeeps and she's going to be finally caught. But no, we just flash forward to when she wasn't caught and then she <laughs> flirts with that guy again who I just want, I just want to see them rated R- having sex at the end of that movie like that's that would have been great then you would have saved the movie then b plus again like because i wanted an them a. to get together but not course, even an a not even an a no you had a getting. full sex scene and they couldn't even give you an a and no. our ridiculous ratings our ridiculous ratings our ridiculous subjective nonsensical ratings in our own right that's why again we don't write these things down yeah i don't i don't see this one having oscars legs no, i'm gonna go out on a limb i don't think so <laughs> guys as always what matters most to us is what did you think how did you watch black widow uh were you in a theater and if so how packed was it was there a lot of buzz are we wrong are we right do you think this script is as you know out there as we kind of hyped it up to be or are we way off let us know that as well as any other comments questions or concerns you may have on anything we do here in the MMO Empire, you can leave us all of those on our social medias. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram, at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar everywhere else you look. If you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast app, if you would go in and leave us a five-star review, that would help us out greatly. Thank you to those of you who have. Michael, uh, we tried to do uh, an Oscar profile. We thought we, we had hopes this would be one. It, it, I don't think it is. No. So, do we have one on the horizon, or what is on the horizon? And what are some words of wisdom to end on? I don't know. We have old <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's old, which 
probably is not. There's going an Oscars direction. profile, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we have. I mean, we do have Oscar movies coming out in August. We have Coda, for instance. Um, but I know. I think we're gonna have some fun with some big summer blockbuster type movies, and we're we're happy to get them right uh, over the next uh, couple of months. A Suicide Squad, we're th- we're looking at. So yeah. We'll we'll see. Clifford the Bed. Big Red Dog in September is a must. Cannot wait. <laughs> from Mike, Mike, and Oscar. You knew you are getting that one. Um, obviously, the fall is loaded from everything from House of Gucci uh, all the way through Dune. Uh, it, a lot of cool stuff coming out in the fall. But, yeah, I mean, until then, we got Oscar race checkpoints. I've been you know pleasantly surprised by how much awards season news has been yeah. coming out. And Same. that's... You know, a testament to the fall film festivals that we've reviewed in Tribeca and AFI Docs, fall film festivals, the spring film festivals, and now the summer film festival that is Cannes. We're getting a lot of mo- uh, news coming out of the south of France there. So we'll have another Oscar race checkpoint next, uh, discussing the reactions to the French Dispatch, Wes Anderson's movie. So news coming. I thought it was pronounced Cannes. <laughs> Cannes? <laughs> there's your dad joke to end on every time that joke comes <laughs> i can't i can't not react like i said, nails just, it just it nails it every time yeah if i just uh, don't react and you could put like a cricket you know sound effect in there i would appreciate that i'm going to in post-production make myself feel worse I'm going to go out of my way to boo my own stuff in post production. That would be proper. Don't yeah. Don't don't put me in there just <laughs> don't put me in there enabling your dad jokiness <laughs> once again, please. I would appreciate it. Guys, when reality, the latest offering or my sense of humor sucks, you can come watch these movies. He didn't cut it, did he folks? He didn't cut it. Fuck. Come watch these movies. With us, we are Mike, Mike, Oscar, trying to make awards season year-round without the stuffiness. We will see you very soon. See you.